everyone, this is episode 665 of the Pixelated Sausage Podcast for Friday, August 9th, 2019. I am your host, Mark Cusnez, and today I'll be talking about Damsel, Robbie Swifthan, and the Orb of Mysteries, and that's about it in terms of what I've been playing. Before I get to all of that, the continuing reactionary actions of retailers and others in light of the recent shootings and blaming them on video games continues with a few things that is frustrating and annoying to see. So Walmart has apparently begun pulling violent video game ads from their stores. Because uh, we all know that if you see a poster for Resident Evil 2, you just think to yourself, oh, God, I just, want, I just want to kill a bunch of people. Oh, God. I want to kill so many people. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And you know what? I'm at Walmart, where I can buy so many guns and so much ammunition, depending on the state you're in, I know. But uh, that is annoying, because... In no like, in no way does a, a a poster for a violent video game incite in someone the desire to go on a mass shooting. In addition to this Walmart thing, uh, apparently the Apex Legends tournament that was or that is happening this weekend. I'm not sure, but uh, ESPN has pulled the Apex Legends tournament from broadcast after the mass shootings. And it's just funny because uh, the reasoning, out of respect for the victims and all those impacted by the recent shootings, ABC will no longer air EXP International Apex Legends at X Games on Sunday. And yeah, I just... Out of respect, uh, because why? Because the the people who did the mass shootings played Apex Legends, and this will just make the the, the victims, the, the 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 survivors, the the loved ones of those who died, it, it will upset them because they'll see Apex Legends and think, oh God, if only this game didn't exist, my whatever will would have still been here, or. I never would have been shot and wounded or whatever. It's not how it works. It just it's it's sad that we are still in a day and age where video games are still being blamed for shit. Not not even video games. You know, video games is is something that uh is very dear to my heart. I I've been playing video games for much of my life and I love them and I don't like seeing them get dragged in all this but it's annoying seeing something that is in no way responsible for what has happened be blamed for the actions and all that stuff so regardless if it's like oh these these violent books are doing all this stuff that are that are making people do these things let's start burning books or or, or whatever um it's just frustrating to see the blame shifted and put onto something else as opposed to what is really at fault and yeah there's what is there that can be done about that um it's just it's 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 frustrating but um that that's that's it's still a thing 
and there, there's that. In my continued quest playing retro games and recollecting some retro games, I did buy a copy of Revolution X for $6.50. Complete in very nice condition because my copy was looking really just run down and ragged. Uh, so I got that, but um, I did get my copy of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Tournament Fighters for Sega Genesis, and it was not like the pictures I saw. So the picture I saw was of a complete in-box copy with a, a nice man. Like the only real negative was that the manual, while pretty nice overall, had a bit of a, a, a bend in the upper right-hand corner of the front cover, and potentially the whole manual that the bend could have been there. But other than that. The case was nice and clean, had the hang tab, the cartridges was really nice and clean, and it looked like a an overall really good condition copy of the game. What I received was a case that was a little bit dirty, uh, and the, the art insert was stained on the back a bit. The hang tab was cut off. The manual was a little bit stained, but in overall not terrible condition. And then the cartridge was pretty, just kind of a little dirty overall. But then on the right-hand side of it, it had, on the front, it had some sticker residue, some glue on it. Which I probably could remove with just like some duct tape, which is a good way to remove sticker residue, glue of some kind from an, an item that has that. Uh, it's something I do a lot with things I get from half price books because the their their labels, their prices are okay, but then they also use the more traditional uh the little like square white things that will either like list, oh this is where this item is or whatever. And those can leave a bit of that residue on there and using duct tape, you just put it on, peel it off, put it on, peel it off, and you go slowly sometimes quickly uh, get rid of the residue so that's pro tip there but I contacted the seller after this with a few pictures showing the uh, differences between the, the item I received and the item that was shown in the listing the response was that the listing was for like just whatever it's just a generic listing that shows the product but that is not the the product I was going to receive uh, wording in that sense which didn't make any sense to me because the the listing was for a singular item. It wasn't, you know, one of however many available. It was for a singular item. At no, at no place in the listing did I see any mention because I went back and looked at the listing. I didn't see anything that said this, the, the, the picture you see is not of the item you're going to get. I also messaged them and asked them about the manual because I was a bit concerned because I could only see the cover and... A lot of the listings I saw for Tournament Fighters showed copies that were in pretty good condition, complete copies that were in pretty good condition, but in a lot of them, the manual was in rough shape, so I wanted to make sure that the like in one of them, the manual and the cover were in good shape, but they were just not connected anymore. The, the cover was loose from the rest of the manual. So I wanted to make sure the, the manual was in good condition, and they, they replied saying, yeah, it's... It's in good condition, but as you can see in the picture, there's a little bend there. But other than that, it's in really good condition. So in their messaging to me, prior to me purchasing the item, they referenced the actual picture. 
And then that's not what I received it. And I got a reply telling me that, no, it was just, you know, like a generic, not a generic photo, but didn't reflect the actual item I was going to get, which was annoying. And then they mentioned like, you know, we could get a replacement copy, I guess, if, if you'd want that or something. And I responded saying, I would like a replacement copy if possible. Then I heard nothing back. And maybe I didn't wait long enough. But after 12 hours, I initiated a refund. And as soon as I did that, within minutes, maybe a singular minute, I got a response from the seller saying, well, why'd you do that? Why'd you already start a case against me? They, they started to throw a hissy fit. That's That's the tone and vibe I got from the the reply and we had a little back and forth you know they said like oh you said you were you know about a replacement copy I said I would like one I didn't hear any reply back and they're like Whoa, what do you expect me to do send it out like the post office was closed well I'm like checking fucking whatever I don't I don't care if that's fine you could have just told me that yes you were going to send out a replacement copy I don't know what you're going to do I wasn't confident from our little messaging earlier that you had a replacement copy to send because who just has replacement copies of a bunch of complete and box old Genesis games or old games in general just lying around and copies that are in better condition than the one that I got, which was not reflective of what I saw in the listing. So... There was a bit of back and forth, and they said, you know, you know, I was planning to send a replacement copy the, the following day. And I'm like, okay, fine, send a replacement copy. I'll cancel this thing. You know, I'll cancel the, the refund request. And I was going to do it right then and there uh, as a show of good faith. But uh, I realized that once you start a refund, man, my nose is itching like a son of a biscuit, uh, that if you cancel it, you can't start one again. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to wait until I hear them, uh, hear back from them that they've sent a, re a replacement and, and whatnot, get some tracking number or something indicating that. Haven't heard from them again since. So I'm going to, if I can make it out to the post office later today, I'm just going to send it back. I'm going to get my refund. I'm concerned that they might not be very... I'm I'm worried that when they re receive it, they're not going to give me my refund or, or come up with some kind of bullshit or say something like, oh, when they receive it, like, oh, it's in this condition or that. Like, whoa, what happened? Like, I'm, I'm not looking forward to this. I'm hoping it goes over smoothly and that I just get my refund and I can be done with this. But I am a bit worried about them throwing a hissy fit. But uh, yeah, I just... I don't. I don't like doing all this. This shit. I don't like it. It's not fun. Whenever I've had to do this, I've done this a few times in the past. When I one got a knockoff copy of a, a Blu-ray, uh, an anime Blu-ray, which was frustrating in its own right because I couldn't find. And maybe there is a way, and it's just not easy to find. But I could not find for the life of me a way to report a seller for selling fraudulent items for selling fakes and i just wanted to be like hey this person is selling fake shit remove them from the site and maybe contact the authorities or something because this is not legal as far as i know but nothing amounted from that uh, other than just me getting my refund so that was a bit frustrating um, so yeah, I'm just, I'm hopeful that I will get, you know, my thing back, uh, 
So yeah, the, but the the my interactions with this person have not been pleasant, and they have been unresponsive since that one back and forth. So I have I don't believe they're actually sending a replacement, and I don't think they have any. Re- I don't believe they ever had any real intention because I looked at their score like they have ninety nine point five percent positive feedback, but over the last one three or what is it three is it one three six months whatever but they've had like 30 ish negative uh, uh, bits of feedback received and reading through them i'm like yeah i can get that it's not like i don't look at them and think like oh no that's that's too much uh, but uh yeah my biggest question is when all is said and done do i leave negative feedback i've never left negative feedback in part because you know, there's a concern uh, of some kind of retaliation, which they, they can't leave negative feedback for a buyer. That can't be done. You can't leave negative or neutral feedback for a buyer. But since I do sell items every now and again, you can, somebody could buy one of my things that is not going for too much money to leave negative feedback. Though, if that happens, I know I can contact eBay because they do have a policy against malicious bidding and winning of a, 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 a listing in, in the uh, hopes of just, or in the, the desires of just leaving negative feedback on someone. So if you can prove that that's the case, which would be easy to like, okay, I left negative feedback on this for my interactions with them. And then they went ahead and bought this and then left negative feedback. It seems a bit fishy. So there is that. You know, but that 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 in itself could be tricky because they could buy something and then when they receive it, they could just get a hammer and smash it to pieces and be like, "Well, look, look at the way I got him!" Like, fucking, that's what the mail did to it. Bullshit. Um, so yeah, that's been a whole fun situation. Real fun. I did get my copy of some other games though that were exactly as the listing showed them, which was really nice, and the shipping was fast. That was that was like so oh, wonderful. If only my copy of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Tournament Fighters was that way. But uh, speaking of retro games, I played some Mega Man 2 in the Mega Man Legacy Collection on my Xbox One. And when I did that, I realized that I don't know if it's just nostalgia or what, but... I much prefer playing that game with the original NES controller as opposed to the Xbox One controller. And the Xbox One controller is my favorite controller, but there's something about it that just feels so much better with the simplistic little NES controller. And I don't know if it's just that games from that era, you know, NES games, they were designed around that controller and therefore they feel right with that controller with the the minimal buttons and... Uh, the the placement of the buttons and, and the D-pad and all, I just they feel right. And I also was playing a bit of the Sega Genesis classics or, or what? What is that collection that is on Xbox One, PS4 called? Uh, the one that has the uh, fake uh, little bookcase with the games, and that's how you select them. You pull them out, and then you put them in the the little digital Genesis. I was playing that collection for a bit, a little bit of Sonic Spinball and uh, some other things. But what I realized with that is that even in that case where you just have, I don't know, 30, 40 games to pick from, uh, 
there is that paralysis that comes from seeing a collection of games and not being able to commit to one, which is why using the actual cartridge in original hardware or like an analog system is so appealing. It, it doesn't, that argument doesn't work so much with the Polymega, which works like iTunes. You put the cartridge in, it'll rip the ROM from it, and then it'll just be on the system. You won't need to use the cartridge. But also when I was thinking about that and comparing like the Polymega and, and these collections is that these collections feature a lot of, oh, of course this is included in the collection for Genesis, of Genesis games. And if I had a Polymega and just put my games on it, my cartridges, the list of games would be very different and it would not be as hard because I look at the games in these collections, I'm like, well, I didn't play that, so I don't really have any kind of nostalgia for that, so I, maybe I'll check it out, but uh, I don't know. Uh, you know, like, if I had a Polymega, my collection would include games like the Strike series, all three Strike games. Scooby-Doo Mystery, General Chaos. You know, it'll, it would include things, things that are, are included in those collections, like Comic Zone or the Sonic games and, and whatnot, but, you know, they don't have True Lies in the collection. I really want to play True Lies, and I want to play it right now. Because True Lies is fantastic. I, I want to play my copy of Judge Dredd. I don't remember if that was good or not. Phantom 2044, good. I remember loving the hell out of that. Judge Dredd, I don't remember. I just remember throwing like the grenade. But I don't know if it was a good game. The Incredible Hulk game, I remember liking a lot. Um, but yeah. Still feeling very retro. And I, I want a nice way to play my cartridges. I want a nice, convenient way to play my cartridges in HD where I can capture footage and do all that jazz. And I'm also looking at uh, ways of storing loose carts because it's not financially viable to just buy everything complete in box. And really, I should just get complete box copies of things that I know I love. And in the future, if I wanted to get a complete box copy of something that I had loose, I can do that at some point in the future. And I found something on Etsy, which looks kind of nice, but uh, yeah. Because like one of the things too I'm looking at, like I never really got into the Super Nintendo because I never owned one. I still don't own one. But if I wanted to, it it seems like, in part because I don't I don't like cardboard boxes anyway, that getting loose carts for the Super Nintendo is the way to go. But then I'm thinking, like, how do I store them? Uh, Genesis cards are about the same dimensions as a cassette, so that kind of storage works well. But what do I do with uh, Super Nintendo games? I found somebody who sells custom stuff on Etsy, which is a little bit pricey, but it, it's pretty nice and clean. So if I ever end up getting Super Nintendo games, I might go that route, but... Yeah, whatever. Anywho, to what I've actually been playing. So, I played Damsel and Robbie Swifthand and the Orb of Mysteries. And they are... One is okay and one I'm really not a fan of. Uh, so, Damsel is just okay. It is a platform, an action platformer where you can shoot... And you go around, there's a campaign mode, an arcade mode. Then there's like the damsel mode or something. They all feel very similar. 
it seems like the campaign is just the arcade mode with story tacked on. The story is throwaway. I don't care. Like it's delivered in uh, a comic setup, going from panel to panel, which is nice. The art's fine, and then you have little tasks that you have to complete in each level, and the levels don't have all that much variety to them. So the the levels will have tasks like rescue all the hostages, collect all the skulls, kill all the vampires, uh, and so on. And once you complete that task, you finish and you move on to the next level. And it's pretty quick to keep going and moving forward. And the arcade is just the same, though I feel like in the arcade mode, more often than not, the task was just to collect all the skulls. Some things that will hinder your your, your attempt at completing an objective uh, is that there are hostages in the levels and sometimes you will be tasked to save them, but if not, they, they'll still be in there. And if you kill one of them, you have to restart, which can be frustrating. Because uh, when a lot of things are going on, you can accidentally kill one. There are bombs that you will have to disarm. There are electrical fields and security cameras, which when a security camera spots you, instead of it setting off like a turret or something, it just magically brings about a vampire and will keep doing that until you destroy the camera. Uh, there are, are a variation of vampires from flying vampires that shoot a bunch of shit at you and have a lot of health and giant vampires that will charge at you if they see you and then sniper ones, bazooka ones, basic ones, ones that will throw bones at you. You know, it's it's fine but forgettable. Um mechanically you can shoot your gun uh up down left right uh you can one of my favorite mechanics in the game is that you can shoot downwards when you're jumping and you can uh, constantly propel yourself higher and higher and higher and i really like the way it feels i like that mechanic but it doesn't it's not actually that useful in the game with how the levels are structured uh, they're they're very small levels and I didn't find there to be often a use case for that ability. And also you could end up accidentally shooting a, a hostage when you're doing this and moving around quickly, which is a little frustrating because I enjoy that mechanic, but I, I found that it's not as useful as I would like it to be. And then you have a dash ability, which you can dash uh, and also scatter. And then the levels are barrels that will, will explode. Some that'll give you health, some that'll poison enemies and yourself leading to you taking uh or dying upon one death if you end up poison as opposed to three uh, which is the standard but yeah it's 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 fine you know i'm playing through it and i'm not having a terrible time but at no point so far in my playthrough have i found any moment all that memorable or like oh that was cool i liked it when that happened it was just like okay i've played the arcade mode a bit and this other mode and then the campaign and i put about an hour into it and it was just i'm not really feeling it and then robbie swift hand and the orb of mysteries is a platformer one of those difficult platformers where you're expected to die a bunch you know like a celeste or, or the like and visually I like it. It's got a nice bit of charm to it and what seems like it could be a decent sense of humor, but 
where the game falters mechanically it's fine too the jump feels all right you can jump a little bit higher if you duck first and then jump so you get a little bit of a boost that way you pick up these little glowing rocks or whatever and you throw them at things to unlock doors to complete a level fine but where it falters is in the level design and it's the kind of level design that pisses me off so much that I don't think I'll be going back to it because I hate this kind of shit and if it's showing that it has stuff like this already in the game I can only imagine this is scattered throughout the entirety of the game and that is cheap deaths and design in a way that means you have the, the level design is cheap in a way that you will have to resort to memorization in order to complete a level because you will end up dying in certain cases not because you did something stupid or you made a mistake but because the the level is designed in such a way to screw you over every now and again so that you don't learn from your mistakes you just remember that there's this hazard here which is not visible because it's hidden behind foliage and the only way to know it's there is to die by it once and remember that. Fuck that shit. I hate memorization. I hate difficulty that's based on memorization. I don't think that's challenging. I think it's annoying and cheap and just garbage. So one example is that I was going through a level and then I was going to get the orb. Uh, the little thing that I could throw at the whatever in order to unlock the door so it was on this little like podium thing and i was walking towards it i died i was like how did i die oh because there are spikes that are hidden behind this foliage this grass that i just couldn't see because why would i it's behind a bunch of grass and it's there so that you die and just from that point on remember there's there are spikes here you can't really see them unless you're paying close attention and you are really just looking there uh, but now that you know they're there, you'll know to avoid them and to just jump on the podium instead of just walking there through the grass like a normal person. And then later in that level, after avoiding a swinging axe, I was crawling under this thing to get to the thing that I need to throw this ball at. And a bunch of spikes just comes out of the ground and kills me. And you die with one hit, of course. And... I had to start over the level from the very beginning from there, and I'm just like, okay, so now I know how to complete this level. There there were two instances where I was going to die regardless because that's how the level design works in this game, and I fucking got very furious with the game at that point. I just, I hate that kind of design. I don't think that's, like I said, I don't think it's challenging. I don't think it's fun. I think it's annoying, and I think it's really cheap. Yeah, it's it's not challenging, it's just cheap. Um, and I have to imagine that's the way the entirety of the game is, like I said. So I, I really have no desire to continue with that game. It, it makes a horrible first impression with that kind of shit and doesn't make me want to keep playing. Uh, there, there was one other thing about the game, I think. Uh, also, the restart isn't immediate. So when you die... It gives you like a black screen and then up a, 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 a pair. What appears is a number of how many deaths you've had up to that point. And this is only maybe about a second or two, like two seconds. But that's enough for me to just be like, fucking let me restart this goddamn thing. I don't care about how many deaths I've had. 
just let me restart it. In any game, or specifically in like platforms and whatnot, where you are expected to die a bunch, I want to restart the level immediately. I don't want any seconds to go by between death and restart. Not even a, fr a fraction of a second. I want that shit to be immediate. Let me get back to it. Because the, the more I have to wait, if I have to wait at all, the more time I have to think about how bullshitty the death was, if it was in fact bullshitty, and the, the death, deaths in Robbie Swiftan, in my opinion, are bullshit. And I don't enjoy the game. Playing it on Switch, and I played Damsel on Xbox One. Uh, so yeah, that's pretty much it in terms of what I've been playing. Uh, I did download all the YouTube videos, the Attack the Backlog ones, and re-upload them, so now they have more artifacting. I've copied and pasted over all the details and descriptions and tags and all that over to the new videos. And the only thing left to do is delete the original ones, which I'm still struggling to do. It's just, that has been a very upsetting experience because I, like, all this stuff, Attack the Backlog, Pixelized Hostage, this is stuff I just do on the side. You know, this is my thing I do because I enjoy it and I hope other people enjoy it. But I want to put the absolute best product out there that I can. And knowing that in this instance with these handful of videos, they won't be the absolute best they can be because of this bullshit with YouTube. Uh, I'm a little frustrated about the whole thing. And it's more distressing for me than I would like it to be. And I'm sure there are plenty of people like, oh, what's the, like, whatever. Um, and I know part of it is like me just thinking to myself, well, if they're going to watch it on a giant 4K TV, you know, they're, they're still going to see artifacting and compression issues and all that uh, with the original version, but it won't be as bad. But also, how many people really watch YouTube videos on in 4K? They'll watch them on their phones, they'll watch them on their iPads, or they'll watch them on their PC probably. And when they're watching it on uh, PC at least, do they often do full screen? I don't know. Probably not. So, yeah, it's just been a bit of a frustrating thing dealing with all that. And then I've also learned, I, I, I gave it a go yesterday, but it didn't go over so well. Reading from a script, not as easy as it may seem. So, hopefully I'll be able to get that uh, done with later today, or ideally this weekend. If, if it doesn't work this weekend, then there's definitely going to be issues to be had. But uh, that will do it for this year episode of the pixelated sausage podcast once again i am your host marcus nez y'all can find me on twitter and pretty much everywhere at px sausage the site is of course pixelated sausage.com where you can find this podcast and the pixelated paranormal podcast and attack the backlog which are all available on podcast services across the globe like stitcher radio google play apple Podcasts, and spotify and if you'd like to check out the video version of this here show or attack the backlog you can go over to youtube.com slash pixelated sausage and watch them both there if you'd like to check out the art i make you can go over to pxsart.com if you see something you like click the link and it'll take you to where you can purchase a print of the piece you fancy and if you fancy the site in general and anything that we do please go over to patreon.com slash pxs and support us that way. As always, thank you for watching or listening. I hope you enjoyed this here episode, and I hope you have a 
wonderful, wonderful rest of your day and an absolutely lovely weekend. Bye.